This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So this Shabbos is uh, Shabbos Zachar. Two times in the Chumash, we talk about Amalek. One at the end of the Shalach, and one at the end of Kiseitse. The Shalach is a few psukim, a total of 119 words. 119 words we're going to read from the end of the Shalach. We read it on Purim. Then this Shabbos we're going to read from Kiseitse, three psukim. How many words? 47 words. In total, there are 166 words in the Torah about Amalek. Not less, le'pachos v'yoyim. 119 in B'Shalach, 47 in Kiseitse. Keneged the 166 words in the Torah about Amalek, there are 166 psukim in Megillah Sester. So you see that every detail of Amalek and the Megillah is precise. Even the first word we're going to read on Shabbos in Parsha Zachar, the trap on the word Zachar is a Zachef Gadol. Zachar. So, Rabbi, there's a pen here, there's a Zachar. What does a Zachef Gadol look like? Zachef Gadol is, wait, let's take the word Zachar. On top of it is above, sorry, and two yuds. It's above and and two yuds. That's what a Zachef Gadol looks like. So the Rav Chaim Falaji says, Vav is six, Yud is ten, Yud is ten, twenty-six, that's Yud Kei Vav Kei. Because Amolek is Ki Yod Al Ka. They want to make Hashem's name Ka. Yeah? So we want to be Mashalim Hashem's name. So even the Trup is a Kiyom of the Mitzvah of wiping out Amolek. <coughs> By the way, it's interesting, because uh, we say Case Ka. Case Ka is, Case is 80, Yud K is 15, is Haman, 95. That's why Haman's job is to make Case Ka. Haman wants to be Mamait, the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, there's a mitzvah on Purim that is uh, very neglected. Of course, uh, many people focus on the mitzvah of Chayv Inish Lebesume, but the most important mitzvah on Purim, of course, is Matana Slavyanim. And we have Sudas Purim, we have Megillah, we have Mishlaiach Manois. But there's a sort of a forgotten mitzvah on Purim. In a way, this could be the most important thing to do on Purim, but it's probably the most neglected mitzvah on Purim. There's a Chassam Soifer. Chassam Soifer wrote many, we have many Svarim from the Chassam Soifer. Anybody know? On Chumash. Svarim from the Chassam Soifer? You have Torah Moshe. You have Chassam Soifer ala Torah. But when the Chassam Soifer was young, he wrote something called Jerushim Ba'agadah's Chassam Soifer. These are like the most creative Chidushim of the Chassam Soifer because he wrote it when he was young. He says he has a Messiah from his Rebbe. His Rebbe was Rav Mendel Lilik, who had a Messiah from his Rebbe, the Shev Yaakov. That anyone who learns Torah between Megillah Delilah and Megillah Deyoyim He's guaranteed a spot in Olam Haba. Now this is probably the one Zman where there are less people learning than any time during the year. Between Megillah Delilah and Megillah Deyayim. And people are busy with very good things. 
even raising money for yeshiva. But the most important thing to do, Leil Purim is Liman There's a Haftacha, the Chida writes, that if on Purim, besides being Mikhaim, the Mitzvah Sayon, if one is Oisek B'Talmud Torah, the Chida writes, a Haftacha, the Geula will come. There's a special Kayach of Talmud Torah on Purim Day. Actually, there's an interesting remez. In the Megillah, it keeps on saying, I put it, Lefnei Haman. Yeah, Lefnei Haman. So you take the name Haman. Question is, are you allowed to write Haman to say it Vartar? I mean, that's, that's counterintuitive. You're supposed to erase Haman. There's a very interesting thing in Baba Basra. The Gemara has a series of cases. And the Gemara says, the simon to remember, maybe it's an Arabic, Amolek simon. Amolek Simon. So Yaakov Emden says, the purpose of a Simon is to remember. The last thing you want to remember is Amolek. So how could you use Amolek as a Simon? The last thing you're going to use to remember is Amolek. So how could you, how could the Gemara say Amolek is a Simon? Amolek you're supposed to forget. So listen to what Rabbi Yaakov Emden says. Again, back on the trust of Parsha Zachar. It says, what are the last words we're going to say? Loi! Tishkach. It says, Loi! Tishkach. But the trup on the word Loi is a kama. It's a tipcha. Whenever there's a tipcha, you know what tipcha means? Tipcha means pause. You can read it two ways. Loi tishkach. Don't forget to wipe them out. But if there's a comma, that means you read it, loy don't, tishkach. Sometimes you need to forget to erase Amalek. When should you forget to erase Amalek? If it's relevant to Talmud Torah, you're allowed to use Amalek to help you learn. So that's what we're using. We're using Haman now. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're using Haman to help us learn. In the Megillah, it keeps on saying, lifnei Haman, lifnei Haman, lifnei Haman. So let's take the letters, lifnei Haman. Before a hey is a dalit, before a mem is a lamid. Or known as a mem. Benish Chai writes in many places. Limud. Lefnei Haman. Lefnei Haman. The way to overcome Haman is you have to learn Torah. So I know you're busy collecting. It's very good. It's all good. The most important mitzvah to do, Lel Purim, the Megillah, the Laila, Megillah, the Yom, you take some time for Talmud Torah. You're going to give final knockout punch to Haman. Now you heard about the taxes, right? You know about the Dvar Torah with the taxes? Naftali, somebody said it over? Some of them? I'm going to say it over. If you didn't hear it, great. If you heard it, just politely make believe you never heard it, okay? Okay, it goes like this. The end of the Megillah. Megillah ends, the third to last Pesach in the Megillah. The Megillah ends, that Achashverosh made a mass. Anybody knows what a mass is? What's a mass? Taxes. The Megillah ends, Achashverosh Tax the people. So what? Why is the Megillah telling me that Achashverosh taxed the people? Why do I care that Achashverosh taxed the people? This is not a newspaper. This is a, it's not a history book. What's the purpose of Megillah Sester? The purpose is one reason. Pursue Nisa. To publicize the miracle. Why is the Megillah ending off that Achashverosh taxed the people? Okay. I want to share with you an idea that will revolutionize your understanding of the Megillah. Without this idea, you sort of understand the Megillah on a very simple level. This is going to take it to the next level. The Pasuk says that Haman was coming to
to the courtyard of the king to say to the king to hang Mordechai al ha'etz on the tree asher heichin loy. Literally, that he, what does asher heichin mean? That he prepared loy for him. That Haman prepared it for Mordechai. The Gemara is bothered. The Gemara says, Farshetzach, that Haman prepared for Mordechai. So it should just say, Asher Heichin, that he prepared. Why does it have to say, for him? For him is obvious. So the Gemara Darshans, Heichin loy tana loy Heichin. He prepared it for himself. He thought he was preparing it for Mordechai. But in reality, Haman was really preparing the gallows for himself. So this is really the lens with which we have to look at everything that happens in the story. I'm going to give you a few examples. We don't have so much time. And then we'll, maybe we'll take it back to something that happened in our own times. So Akshash has a problem with his wife. He says, Vashti, come on, come out, come out. By the way, Rav Chaim Kinevsky has a go'ina. Why did, where did Akshash get this ridiculous idea to call Vashti to come out? He said because every day he wanted to show a Dover Chadash. Chazal say that Achishverosh had 1,080 storehouses. Every day Chazal say he, he showed six treasures of the storehouse. So for 180 days, six times 180, six times, excuse me, 180 is... Six times 180 is 1,080. So after the 180 days, he had nothing left to do. He already showed all the treasures. So he says, okay, I have one thing left. Vashti, now it's your turn. So that's why he got the idea to bring out Vashti. Fine. And he has a problem with Vashti. Vashti is not listening. So the Pasuk says, The king said to the advisors, now, this is not America in 2023, where if the president doesn't know what to do, he has to ask the Congress or the Assembly. He's a dictator. I mean, the Ayatollah in Iran, if his wife burns the cholent, then he, he nukes her, you know, and he has a chasana the next hour. Probably he has a chasana every day. He doesn't ask anybody's advice. Why is Ahasuerus asking the advice of the Chachamim Yoidei Ho'itim? So the Gura is Medayik. The Malbim says the same thing. The Yosef Lakach also says, Vayoymer hamelech lachachomim yoydeh ho'itim. Listen carefully. Kichain divar hamelech. The law was that if it's relevant to the king and the king is noigea bedavar, he cannot decide on his own. He has to ask the advice of his advisors. That's the pshat. Kichain divar hamelech. It was noigea the king. Bevakasha... If the king can't make the call on his own, the king can't make his own decision, then why at the end of the story, when he catches Haman, and Chavoyna says, Gam uh, and the king says, hang him. How could the king make the decision on his own? He should have had to ask the advisors. The answer is, says the Goyim, you know what kind of ridiculous law it is that you can't call your own shots? I propose the following legislation. I propose 
Yitzay Dvar Malchus Milafanov. From now on, you call all the shots. You make the decision on your own. You don't ask anybody's advice. I want to change the law in Persia. You make all the calls. So who's responsible for Achashverosh being able to say to Chavoyna, okay, let's kill Haman. Who made that law? What? Right, so Ashish asked his wife what to do with his life. And Mamu what to do how to get Ruach. Ashish. one second. No, it doesn't say that, actually. It says that Ashish on his own made this contest. I'm going to come to that in a minute. So who made the legislation that Ashish could call uh, the shots on his own? Memuchan. Who's Memuchan? Haman. So who's responsible that Ashish knocked off Haman? Haman. Haman dug his own grave. Next thing, Yosef Lachach says. Ahasuerus says, you know, I want to marry Esther. So the advisors say, really? Who is she? I don't know. Where did you get her? Uh, in, the, in the Jewish quarter. Really? Who are her parents? Uh, we don't know. Who, where did she live? A rabbi found her in the garbage. So the advisors would have said, I don't understand. You're marrying a woman who the... Mordechai wasn't the father. Mordechai... Adopted her. We don't even know who the father is. She's like a shtuki vasufi as far as Ahasuerus is concerned. So the advisor says, you're out of your mind. You can't marry this lady. The last wife was Vashti. She was Mucheses. How could you just marry Esther? Ahasuerus says, because Memuchan said, I call all the shots. So I'm going to marry Esther. So who's responsible for Ahasuerus marrying Esther? Haman. So you see that Haman set the table for his own downfall. I'll give you one more example before we come back to the, the last detail. Haman was very concerned. When Haman made the decree, who knows what day was scheduled for Chasasham, the annihilation of Kal Yisrael. What was the day? Remember? Ada. Yudgimel Ada. Right. Yudgimel Ada. But Haman was afraid that if the word would get out that on Yagimel Adar, the Amalekim are going to destroy Klai Yisrael, so the Yidin would find out about it, they would go to the mayor, they would go to the governor, and they would bribe him, and they would get out of the Gzeira. So therefore, says the Goin, Haman was very careful, Pashegen HaKesav, the text of the document, Lehinastein Das Medina Medina, Goloi l'chol ha'amim. What was goloi l'chol ha'amim? Was li'oi sasidim la'yom What's going to happen? Be ready. Just be ready. And what's going to happen, Haman didn't say. It never said in the document what's going to happen on that day. So after the fact, when the tables were turned, and Esther said, I'm a yid, and Ahasuerus said, okay, that's very nice. What would you want me to do? So Esther said, I need you to rescind the gzeira. Ahasuerus says, I can't. Why? Ki kisav. You know this? I already signed it. If I already signed it, I can't retract. So Esther said, it's very nice you signed it, but you didn't sign anything. The document never said what's going to happen on that day. So we're going to tweak the document that instead of the Yidin killing their enemy, instead of the Yidin getting killed, Instead, because all the document said is, be ready, but it didn't say what would happen. Haman made sure to write it that way because he was afraid if we would find out about it, we would be mavatalit. But by writing it this way, 
He made it possible for us to kill the Amalekim. How did he know to fast? Rashi says, uh, What do you mean, how did Mordechai know to fast? No, the, the, Mordechai knew what the Gezer was. Actually, because the, the Gra learns the Pusik before, secretly, Haman sent letters to all the resident, all the mayors and all the governors that he's going to kill the Yedin on, on Yud Gimel. But he just never wrote it in the official document signed by Achashverosh. So that was the plan. Mordechai knew the plan. But the official documents, the Goyen says, did not say that. Okay, so let's come back. Let's come to the taxes. So I was learning Sefer Ezra. And in Sefer Ezra, Perak Vav, it talks about about 10 years after the Purim story, Kaiso is coming back to rebuild the second base of Mikdash. And the problem was that Kal Yisrael had no money to build the second base of Mikdash. So there was a man by the name of Daryavesh. Who's Daryavesh? He's the son of Esther's son. Achashverosh marries Esther. Their son is Daryavesh. Now Daryavesh was a Yid. He was Jewish. Esther's the, Esther's the mother. And the Yid then turned to Daryavesh. And they say, Darius, do us a favor. Can we rebuild the second base of Mikdash? He said, sure, no problem. The Yidin said, we have no money. So the Pasuk says in Ezra Paragvav that Darius opens up the royal treasury of the king and he gave Klal Yisrael all the tax money to rebuild the second base of Mikdash. And I ask you, where do you think Daryavish got all this tax money from to rebuild the second base of Mikdash? Here's how the story ends. The story ends, Achashosh taxes the people. Then he dies. Darius inherits all the money. He then takes all the tax money of the king and he uses it to fund the second day Samikdash. Watch how this is the most incredible ending to Megillus Esther. Because the story begins that Achashverosh was having a Suda. What was he celebrating at the Suda? That the Navi Yermia said that in 70 years the Beis will be rebuilt and the 70 years are up and they're not rebuilt. So Ashverosh says the Beis will never be rebuilt. So Ashverosh is having a Suda to celebrate what he thought was the eternal destruction of Beis Hamikdash. And in the end of the day, Ahasuerus has become the chief fundraiser to rebuild the second Beis Hamikdash. But it's more than that. If you would have asked Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus, what are you celebrating at your party? Ah, I'm celebrating that the Beis Hamikdash will never be rebuilt. Hashem says, "You fool! Now you're not you're not celebrating the Beis Hamikdash will never be rebuilt. You're celebrating the building because at your party you're going to call Vashti. She's not going to listen. You're going to kill her. You're going to marry Esther. You're going to have Daryavesh, and he's going to take all your money to build the Beis Hamikdash. So the very party that you think is celebrating Chorban is going to cause the Binyan Beis Hamikdash. That's the full circle of Megillah Thester, and that's why the Megillah ends that Achashverosh taxed the people. So if I may, I want to share with you two times in recent history that we find a similar phenomenon. May I? Okay, so you ever hear of Lakewood Yeshiva? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Where is it? New Jersey. Who built Lakewood Yeshiva? That's what you thought. 
you've thought that. But it goes way back. I want to tell you who really built Lake Wittishiva. 500 years ago, there was a man and a woman, and they were going on a mission. It was called Reconquesta. Reconquesta means they're going to conquer the entire Iberian Peninsula. They're going to rid it of all Muslim infidels. And they're going to expel every single Jew so that no Jew will ever have a haven, will ever have a yeshiva. There'll never be a yeshiva again. There'll never be a Beis HaKnesses again. There'll never be Yiddishkeit again. Their names were King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. The explosion was set for August 2nd, 1492, Thursday, Tishabab. You know that? It was set for Tishabab. They get a knock on the door. What do you want, Christopher? Christopher said, I have a great idea. You know, why would you only want to rule over the Iberian Peninsula? Why don't you expand your influence? We'll, we'll, we'll discover another continent. Really? That's very expensive. Christopher said, that's why I came to you. I want you to pay to finance the discovery of this new continent. So they said, okay. So on August 3rd, the day after the expulsion of Spain, financed by Ferdinand and Isabel, Christopher Columbus set sail to discover America. We have a record of when the Yiddin left Spain in 1492, they left on boats, they waved goodbye to the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria in the harbor in Spain. The next day after... 300,000 years and were thrown out of Spain. That very couple of these wicked, this wicked couple, Ferdinand and Isabella, Hashem said, you're going to kick the Yidin out of Spain. I'm going to use you to discover America so that they can have yeshivas like Darche Torah. And I know there are a lot of plaques on the Darche Torah. I saw one or two. But one that is missing is there should be a big plaque. Thank you. Ferdinand and Isabella for discovering America. Because without them, we wouldn't have Yeshiva Dachetar, we wouldn't have Lakewood Yeshiva. So who did HaKadosh Baruch Hu use? Who did HaKadosh Baruch Hu use so that there should be Tyra for Klal Yisrael? The very Rishayim that wanted to put an end to Tyra. give you another example. If I may. Anybody know, in the last 200 years, who is the biggest butcher for Yidin? That's Hitler. That's what I would have thought, right? Probably Stalin. Stalin killed more than 20 million of his own people. Not all Yidin. No, but I'm going to tell... I'm going to... I'm gonna, okay, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story, okay? But whatever, whatever we say here stays here, okay? In 1948... The Jews were fighting a war of independence. Whatever your sheet is about Eretz Yisrael, if we would have lost the war, it would have meant many Yidin would have been killed. And in all likelihood, we would not have Torah and Eretz so the way we do it today. We were losing the war in 1948. Stalin got in his head that if the Jews win the war, since the, the Israelis were a socialist, Stalin thought they would be communists. So Stalin paid for the War of Independence. Not only that, he sent troops to fight the war. You know why we have a mere yeshiva in Yerushalayim today? Thanks to the biggest butcher in the history of the world, Joseph Stalin. If not for him, then we wouldn't have Torah in Yerushalayim the way we do today. Why? Because Rebbe Shalom let me tell you, Chidosh Noira. 
The Talmidei Hagra, Rav David Tevel. You ever read Rav David Tevel? The Gra's main disciple, main Talmud was who? The Goyim. Who's the Goyim? The Vilna Goyim. Who's main Talmud? Chaim Velazhner. Rav Chaim Velazhner's Talmud was? He had many Talmidim. Rav Shua Heller. I believe Rav David Tevel, the Nachlas David. Nachas David wrote a Sefer of Joshua called Beis David. He says like this. He says, in the Golos, Rivan Shem is not making open miracles. Because uh, you can't do that. It doesn't work that way in the Golos. So how do we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us? It says Rav David Tevel, the clearest demonstration of the Yad Hashem in the Golos is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I don't need to strike Haman down with a lightning bolt. I don't need to strike down Stalin. I'm going to use the Russia for my purposes, to bring about bracha and salvation of Klal Yisrael, that's the greatest ability to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. This is called Al Ho'etz Asher Heichen Loi, Tana Loi Heichen. Hashem uses the Russia for Klal Yisrael. So I'll tell you the end of the story. This happened 70 years ago to the day. In 1953, Stalin saw that Israel wasn't going to be communist, so he flipped. He was beroiges like you can imagine. He said Hitler didn't kill enough Jews. So he built railroad tracks from the, from the heartland of Russia that was going to take Klaisel to Siberia. You know how many? There were about 2 to 4 million Jews in Russia at the time. He built railroad tracks to take between 2 and 4 million Jews from heartland Russia to Siberia. Siberia is cold. You think it gets cold in New York? You ain't seen nothing. In Siberia, it's between negative 75 and negative 95 degrees. These railroad tra- these uh, trains were going to take the Yid in there in 1953 on March 6th, shortly after Purim. The tracks were built, the trains were there, the concentration camps were built, and it was going to go into motion. The question is, you can't just like transport citizens to... So he made something called the doctor's plot. He accused six doctors of poisoning Russian patients. That year, Purim came out on Matoy Shabbos. Rabbi Yitzchak Zilber, you ever hear of Rabbi Yitzchak Zilber? He's one of the famous Russian refuseniks. He's reading the Megillah, Matoy Shabbos, Purim, and he t- turns to, her, to the inmates and he says, you hear, you hear the story? 2,000 years ago, there was a Haman. He was like Stalin. And Keherifayim, Rebosh shall knocked him off. It could happen again. And the inmate said, Rabbi, that's, you know, that's a fairy tale. That was Haman. But Stalin is strong like an ox. He's like a mule. He's healthy like anything. What could happen to him? This was 7.50 p.m. Purim night, 70 years ago to the day. 70 years ago in Purim. And Rabbi Yitzhak Zilber said, Stalin is a Basar Vadam. He doesn't even know what's going to be in 30 minutes. At 8.23, 33 minutes later, Stalin stroked out, out of the blue. Stalin had a stroke. Doctor, doctor! There were no Jewish doctors. He had arrested all of them. They were all in jail. There was no one to heal Stalin. Stalin lay there dying in bed. Rabbi Yitzhak Zilber had said he had a shayla. Am I allowed to say to Hillam for someone to die? He said, Avada, I could say. For someone like Stalin, Avada. He said, I said to Hillam so many times, I know to Hillam Balpeh, Ad Hayyim, he says. March 5th, 
24 hours before Stalin was going to annihilate between 2 and 4 million Jews, Stalin died 70 years ago. Think about how the Rebbeinu used him. When Klai Yisrael needed him, he was there. He financed the war. He sent soldiers. He turns on us. Rebbeinu knocks him off. Geherifayim. The limud of Megillah Esther is, you know, sometimes we have a Russia, we're worried, who's going to be the president? Who's going to be the prime minister? We're worried, what's going to be with Kal Yisrael? HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the Rishayim. They're the best puppets. Hashem likes to use them because that's the last thing you would ever expect for Hashem to bring Yeshua. Now, one last thing. Let's take this aside and look at the other way. You know, the Gemara says in Shabbos, Daf Peiches, That HaKadosh Baruch Hu Har Sinai. What did we say when Hashem gave us the Torah in Har Sinai? We said, no thank you. No thanks. Yeah, we said that to the Nishma, but that was to Tor Shabbat, Tor Shabbat. We said, uh, it's Okay. Hashem, really? It's okay? How about this? If you don't accept it, I'm going to kill you. Oh yeah, okay, we'll take it. Says the Gemara, not until when were we Mechabel the Torah Ba'ava? Purim. The Chavetz Chaim asks, what happened on Purim? That on Purim now, all of a sudden we were Mechabel the Torah Ba'ava. What changed? The Kitzer Nimrat. What changed was, Mardachai is walking around. And, uh, Every time Haman passes by, Mordechai doesn't bow down. So the Yidin said, Mordechai, why are you messing things up for us? Why are you doing this? Probably you could come up with a kula why you need to bow down to Haman. Why are you being so makbid? So Mordechai said, it's Abba Dezara. Yeah, but Kaisrael said, yeah, but we can't keep the Torah under these circumstances. Mordechai said, Abba Dezara is Abba Dezara. And Kaisrael had a taina on Mordechai. Why are you doing this? Says the Chabetz Chaim, from the day Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah, you know what Klal Yisrael thought? Yes, we'll be makabel the Torah. Whatever you say, Hashem, but you should know that we think that by being makayim the Torah, it's not always so good for us. We'll daven with the minion three times a day. We'll learn bekviyos. The only thing is, we think we're not going to make as much money, or we'll be makayim the Torah, but we think life won't be as enjoyable. Klal Yisrael thought until Purim that sometimes being Mikhaim the Torah is a setback. You know what they saw from Purim? That Mordechai was makbid, kuchot hasara on this halacha. And even though it looked like he was making things difficult for Kal Yisrael, but al day that he got Haman angry at us, and Haman made the gallows, Haman ended up hanging on those gallows. And we killed 75,000 Amalekim. And we ended up building the second base Hamikdash. Kal Yisrael saw... That by keeping Tyro mitzvah, not only is it not a setback, but it brings bracha to us. It's the source of bracha. Just when you think by being mekayim something, that's going to be a setback, Klal Yisrael Suha Hashem uses that as a source of bracha. So we see sort of two opposite manners of Hashgacha Prakas. That Hashem could take the Russia, He could take the Russia's plans, and his schemes, and use it, boomerang it back at the Russia. And Hashem could take the tzaddik, 
and his Shmiras HaTorah, which it may look like it's bringing hardship to Kal Yisrael, and use that to bring bracha to Kal Yisrael. So these are all very important limudim that we take from the Megillah. Thank you very much for allowing me to share with you. Thank you, Naftali, for letting your father come into your class. And uh, I wish you all for some fun. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.